it's been really an interesting week as well, right? I think every week is really interesting. A lot of news, a lot of things has been happening, right, uh, Frankie? The world is not a safe place, man. <laughs> Probably we should migrate to Mars or something like that. <laughs> yeah, man. Really, really interesting. And a quick shout out, right, just for Ren Yi here. Um, for those of you who are here, uh, he is venturing into a kombucha business. Yeah, it's called Yang Cha, Y-O-U-N-G-C-H-A. Go and check him out on uh, Instagram. And yeah, buy some probiotics kombucha for yourself. Good for your stomach, mm. you know? Yeah. Keep yourself healthy. Yes, and yeah. as usual, any one of you guys here who are planning to venture into your business, you need a quick shout out from us. You know, we are more than willing to help you to give a quick shout out on our channel. And hopefully that will help you to kickstart your journey. Now in the middle, probably we should uh, help Renyi shout out one more time, you know, when there's slightly more people. Uh, mm -hmm. huh? Yeah, but don't worry. One day when you're a big business, we'll collect ad fee from you. But right <laughs> now, no need yet. Because <laughs> we understand the difficulty of a startup. Uh. Correct. Yeah, that's Correct. right. That's right. So, yes, do help us to vote as well as we put up the poll uh, on what you guys think will be happening in next year. Will the market crash even further? That is actually a big question. <laughs> and tonight, we do have quite a lot of uh, friends that uh, we haven't seen for a while joining us again, like Sujin. Oh, ah, yeah. Yeah. Lauren. Yeah. Uh, the rest of the others, yeah, uh, some like Ryan Chi is always back as well. Yeah, Ryan, yeah, man, Ryan. Ryan miss you, man. <laughs> Frankie is back, Ringgit can stop dropping Liao. Wow. <laughs> uh, the ring, uh, Ringgit will be a little bit more stable because OPR increased 0.25% today. So oh, yeah, that yeah. will do some trick over there. So not my contribution, but um, kudos to the central <laughs> banker. <laughs> <laughs> so the big question is this, Frankie. Uh, why are we so bold to make this title? More bad news the market may crash even further, but we put a question mark there as well. Huh? Uh. So it doesn't sound too scary. Hey, can you all find any good news? Or not? If you can just type it there so that you know we can feel better a little bit. But everything from world politics to Malaysian politics to economy, everything is just so bad. And that has been reflected in all the major stock markets as well. Yeah, like we, even today, your Hong Kong share market is dropped. Like if I'm not mistaken, three over percent. Malaysia also dropped more than one percent today. Mm, and US inflation slowly is kind of like, I mean, it's reducing, but it's more of like crippling back up at the same time. And ah, there's a reason for that. And, and UK also recorded one of the highest level of inflation in UK shops. It says that. Yeah, UK inflation, 10.1% in September. You know, they are talking about raising their interest rate by 75 basis point today. So we, we shall see what is the announcement that, that uh, comes out from Bank of England. Previously, we talked about inflation was today, right? Um, what, what's the problem in inflation? Why does it seem so uncontrollable? Yeah, it's it's pretty much still because of the war, right? Uh, if, if, if you all have been following the the development of the Ukraine war. So what happened is that uh, last week, uh, or rather last weekend, there was a drone attack in the uh, uh, Black Sea. So if you guys recall back in July, there was an initiative done by the United Nations uh, whereby they, they signed a deal with Russia saying that, you know, yes, you all can fight with Ukraine in okay. that area, but please keep the seaport clear so that we can export grains out from Ukraine. <laughs> so that will help to ease the world inflation a little bit. So Russia said, ah, okay, la, okay, la. you know, we pity the world a bit. So that, so that deal was, uh, uh, was doing the trick. So 
inflation was kind of like controlled. So from there, though, people also thought that, okay, maybe inflation can be controlled. So therefore, the Fed can also be uh, slightly more relaxed in terms of uh, interest rate hype. But what happened was uh, last Saturday, there was a, uh, as a, a drone attack on a, a Russian naval ship in the Black Sea. Mm, okay. So immediately they got very angry. They said, okay, since I got attacked there, right? So I'm gonna, I'm gonna suspend the deal, the Black, sh- the, the Black Sea initiative deal. Oh, so immediately all the grains in Ukraine cannot come out already. Ah, yeah. uh, and because of that, your, your, your wheat prices, your corn prices immediately shot up. Shoot up again. Shoot up again. And uh, because of that, I think because of that, lah, huh? so inflation started to go up again. So uh, just uh, yesterday, the Fed decided that, oh, you know, inflation is not coming down anytime soon and therefore um, we are going to further increase interest rate going forward if needed. Mm, mm, mm. So they are kind of like signaling that, oh, if things are not going to look good, we may not stop at uh, 4 point something percent and we may go even more uh, correct, aggressive. Correct, correct. So that, so that pretty much <laughs> depends on what, what are the developments going on in uh, Russia and Ukraine. Mm. And to make things more dangerous right now is that uh, Russia... They retaliate with airstrike using Iranian drones. Oh wow! So U.S. was very angry. Like, oh, how can Iranian go and help Russia and all those things, right? So they impose heavier sanction on uh, Iran. Then apparently North Korea are uh, North Korea is also sending weapons to Russia to help them to fight in Ukraine. Oh man! So uh, the U.S. of course got angry. Then together with South Korea, they do one of the largest scale air drills around the region. <laughs> and then North Korea, as usual, then they say, oh, how can you do air drills here, right? So they launch all the missile, yeah. you know, they- We'll threaten know, our nuclear yeah, attack. Yeah, 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 correct, correct. So you see, the world is very uncertain right now. It is very dangerous. So now you have Iran, you have North Korea, you have Russia, you have US, China, Taiwan, you know, there's more and more countries getting involved in this thing. That's right, know. that's right. If, if this thing is not careful, right, it may actually break out into, uh, a more serious warfare in the whole globe. That's say. right. That's yeah. right. Yeah. So the other day I was uh, listening to this uh, podcast from Economist yeah. talking about uh, China, right? So, uh, I mean, not so much related to China on this point, but uh, the idea is that it seems that we are actually right now heading towards an inevitable war, you were saying, mm. yeah, which I also talk a little bit about later as well. Uh, but the idea behind is that currently right now the 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 situation of the world is in this place that is stepping on a very thin ice. Any little mistake can trigger into a very big war. That's the thing right now. Mm. And we can see as uh, Iranian getting involved, North Korea getting involved and so on. And, and until today, no one really knows whether North Korea has nuclear weapon or not. <laughs> right? Yeah. <clears throat> they keep saying they got, but no one can really verify. There's another problem, right? So, but if let's say it really goes on a full-scale war, then people will have to start taking side and, and that's what's going to happen. Now, uh, on the other hand, we also mentioned this one thing, right? Just to recall back many, many episodes ago, constantly we've been saying this one thing. Uh, things are kind of stable provided no bad news comes in. Yeah, and for a period of like one, two months, things were pretty quiet. It looks like there's not going to be too many bad news. But right now, suddenly things start to, you know, it's like the ice got thinner a little bit again, Mm. suddenly. Yeah. Probably because winter is coming and winter is the time whereby a lot of all these European countries, they need a lot of energy. Mm. And then now they really feel the pain that, you know, without 
without a proper supply of energy, that it is going to be a very cold winter. So therefore, maybe that's why they escalate their effort to actually fight more yeah, aggressively. Yeah, that's uh. right. That's right. So uh, before we pull out all the bad news in the pocket, right? Uh, let's just talk a little bit about good news. Uh. The good news is, uh, like many of you all would see, is the market valuation is very cheap. Mm. Right, so it's actually a good time to to start observing and maybe putting in a little bit of bullets. Right, uh, yes, there could be really a war coming, and that's going to be really bad. Uh, but if you recall, uh, during those days, if let's say you survive through a war and you actually have stock in the stock market, uh, generally, if you pick the right stock provided, uh, you, you will be very rich. You know, fifty years down the road, you know that kind of thing, right? And during that time, do remember the stock certificate was no name printer one. It's just you hold it, right? So probably what happens is that when you're at home, uh, a shell come into your house, bomb already, then sorry lah, you know, your, your stock, <clears throat> stock certificate bought burn, you know, or like maybe a robber come in and then steal your certificate, then all no more gone. But today, thanks to technology, right? Yeah, your name will always be registered in the interactive broker system. Yeah, so if you're interested in buying stock, you know, do check out the interactive broker <laughs> link. <laughs> like that also can plug. <laughs> <laughs> so a smooth transition to interactive mm. broker. Yeah, do use our link to check it out. Yeah, uh, you don't have to sign up with our link. You just have to go and check it out, right? Uh, yeah, go and explore, you know. If you yeah. like it, then you sign up. If you don't like it, that's then right, that's fair right. and, enough. And yeah. why do I think it's a good time and a good... Uh, a good platform is because fractional trading, right? Fractional share. Uh, for those of us who are Malaysians that are watching here, you're not from Singapore, right? Uh, you know Malaysian ringgit, not so powerful. Lah, huh? So uh, for Singaporeans, when they want to buy Apple stock, they can say, I want to buy one unit, you know, because mm. not much, right? Malaysian buy one unit Apple stock, uh, wow, eh, that's about 1,000 ringgit already. Yeah, okay, lah, now less uh, already. Lah, six, huh? six, seven hundred yeah. ringgit. Lah. So, but the point is, it's really expensive. So when, when let's say your budget is about, about 200 ringgit, like that, you can still buy fractional share. It means instead of owning a full share, you can own a portion of the share. And that way you can slowly, slowly accumulate. Mm. Now, so, but but that's the truth, you know, although I make it sound like a joke, but that's the truth. It means that at the end of the day, um, no one can take away your wealth from you to a certain extent, as, as long as you don't die in the war, you know, that, that kind of thing. And it still goes to your children and whatnot. Mm. Now, definitely that's the worst come situation. Uh, we are just trying to make it lighter a bit and let's face the facts that 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 there's always this possibility, right? Uh, whatever can go wrong can go wrong. That's, that's the only way to accept and move forward, right? Now, talking about it, aside from all these bad news about war, there's also a big question about China because China recently went through this whole revamping, right? Hmm. Uh, President Xi Jinping yeah, has, oh, has further perpetuated the correct. Xi-ism. Shiism, Maoism, now it's Shiism, right? Hmm. Yeah, and then he literally just reshuffled his whole cabinet, right? Or whatever you want to call it. Hmm. And and it has led to this whole question mark and uncertainty right now. And this whole China, Taiwan, I mean, uh, not Taiwan, but like uh, Hong Kong, everything all just tang, la, right? Yeah. yeah, so actually, maybe Frankie, you want to enlighten us a little bit about what what's happening there actually? Uh, okay, uh, if, I, if I'm not mistaken, I think China mentioned that they are going to slowly reopen up their economy next year. So that, that actually created some sort of excitement in the stock market. So it actually went up a little bit. But uh, again, because uh, China's agenda is about one China, unity China, right? So <laughs> tai Taiwan is still the main, the main topic here. And Taiwan is very important because, okay, if we look at the world map, right, it's uh, 
the Western country one side and then the Asia, Europe and, and uh, Australia on the other side. That's but right. we have to remember the world is round. So if you actually put it back together, then next to Asia, Pacific, then you have the US again. Oh, the, the world is not flat, huh? The world... Uh, oh, okay. Nah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> joke, joke. <laughs> okay. So if you, if you look at this side of the map, right? So you have China and then you have this Japan, Korea, um, and then Philippines, yep, Indonesia. Yep. So this, this side is actually democratic countries and then you have the communists. Now you have Taiwan in the middle. So why Taiwan is so important apart from all these cheap, cheap manufacturing hub and all that is also ge geographically it is very important because if Taiwan breaks and uh, China managed to unify with, with Taiwan, right? Then you have Japan, democratic, and then you have uh, Hong Kong, Philippines, which are all democratic, but you have this opening, which, mm. is, which has become communist. Then it can very easily go into the US. Mm. Uh, so I was reading this article that because of that, right? US right. say that no matter what happened to Taiwan, they will actually fully support in terms of military. Right, right, right. Um, so so the, the idea there is that because geographically, the, the Japan, the Hong Kong, the Taiwan, the, the Korea, the, you know, the, the, you know, that, that whole line, line yeah. forms a geographical barrier in case there's a war. Correct. Right? And again, on the other side, there's already protection to this side. So mm -hmm. in, in order to cross the airspace, you've got to fly across another country airspace and they can they can actually utilize those bases there to actually defend themselves before even hit hit mm. US. But right now, if let's say there's going to be an opening, they can just fly through that opening. Mm. Right? Although it's uh, still dangerous, but there's an opening. Yeah, they can use the right? opening to attack Japan, Korea, and, and you know, everywhere, you know, basically. That's right, that's yeah. right. Yeah, but to a certain extent, Hong Kong is already under China, so... Yeah, but Hong Kong got no military. Yeah, so <laughs> I guess the, the opening becomes even bigger lah, when there's, if let's say Taiwan get taken Correct. over, right? There's the big question there. And uh, in, in Xi Jinping's uh, uh, latest uh, maneuver as well, it was, it was said that he also put a, a pretty strong stance on Taiwan, he was trying kind of like to play down, but he stated very clearly as well that eventually he still wants to bring Chi uh, Taiwan into one China, right? That is still a very, very strong main goal. So as I was listening to this Economist podcast, it was really, really interesting, you know, it was saying about, uh, it was saying that currently the situation is as such, right? Where, where China doesn't want to go into war. Hmm. because they know very well that they are not militarily strong enough, not so much of manpower strong enough, but economically. Hmm. Because what happened is that over the past few years, China GDP has been slowing down. That's number one, right? There's this whole question about whether their GDP is even fake, right? And when the, when the property market crashed there, uh, it took away about 20 or 30% of their GDP, right? And so... During this time, somewhere during the COVID, there's this whole zero policy, zero COVID policy kind of thing going on. So the, the, the economy machine is not really running. Mm. Yeah. And so if that's it, there's going to be a war right now, right? It's going to be a huge, huge, huge problem to their, to, to their whole country as a whole. Right? right. So in fact, what they really want is actually to grow the country economically first. Yeah. That would be their number one priority. Yeah. Which is to grow the country, make it very strong build their military economy up strong enough that it becomes such a such a such a a, 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 a scary thing for us to even say I want to fight back mm. because right now the economic machine for the military is still very on US side 
But China, on the other hand, still can't really break through that. So if they were to go for war, gone. They, they, they may not have enough money to sustain internal economy while at the same time uh, pushing forward a war. So the question is, 10 years down the road, if they can successfully build that up, they may take the risk mm. of attacking Taiwan. So that was like kind of the hint that they, they were kind of giving according to the interpretation of the journalists there, obviously, mm. right? Yeah, and I was listening to Economist. So uh, as we know, Economist is a US paper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, generally, it's uh, also a little bit more towards uh, yeah. this kind of bias. Yes. La, huh? But let's just listen to it. But, but it makes sense. It makes sense, you know? So it was saying that this is that in, inevitable war, right? It and is happening already. Because if you look at Taiwan, Taiwan produces half of the world's semiconductor demand. And then China itself also got maybe 15, 20%. So you add 50 plus 20 is 70%. You know, China controls 70% of the world's semiconductor. Uh, so if China want to play games with them, they will just, okay, I just cut my semiconductor supply, then US will fall into some issues. Correct. That's why all these, all these uh, tech war and whatnot, all these are actually very crucial. Yeah, it's about country sovereignty. It's Correct. not just about business. So you see, right, the, the really interesting part here is this. Uh, you can see uh, this, is the, this is the potential bad news uh, that's going on uh, literally, right? If, if let's say economists can say that, uh, I'm pretty sure USCIA has even more information, hmm. right? And, and that means uh, everyone is playing a, a chess right now, no? Literally, it's saying like, what's China going to do and how am I going to respond to make sure that I become more powerful? And that's why if you look at the, the, the new policies in US as well, it is very clear cut. It's just that they are very busy right now dealing with inflation, right? So this news doesn't flare up too much. Huh? But the idea is uh, they also identify China as their main economic enemy. Why? Of course, they're they number two already, right? Yeah, and, and they, they put it this way, that at the end of the day, you can see that they are trying to bring whatever tech in Taiwan over to US. Mm. So if really that happens, at least they don't get into trouble. Yeah, yep. That's the idea behind it right now. And, and this is the part that is in the next 10 years, where are we going to see this going to go? So, so now suddenly after I listened to that, right? Mm. Actually, my interpretation was a, like, more bad news where the market crash even further, right? Gone case or like that, it's gonna crash for a very, very long time, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it will go back to that, um, what, uh, what the Great Depression period, it will be like five, five, eight years kind of downturn and then only you see light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, but, kind of but what I scared, right, is <coughs> leading towards the preparation of all this, right? It's already five, eight years. Then literally, we really go into a war, right? Another five, eight years. Uh, 20 years, bro. <laughs> My kid, uh, go out, baby. Oh, damn. <laughs> oh, damn. Yeah, then yeah. we have a huge problem. Correct, correct. Yeah. But, but we hope, we hope at the end of the day that uh, this doesn't go that way, yeah. right? Hopefully, we are just sensationalizing the, yeah. the world no, event no, too much. No, no, we sensationalize the news that yeah, we're yeah, reading. Yeah, the news, the news that we're reading, correct. Yeah. yeah, but generally, that's the case. Uh. So, as we can see, right? Um, could the market crash even further? It comes down to these few factors, right? Like, let's say, let's just resummarize these few things uh, before we move on, right? Mm. Yeah. So the first factor is inflation. And inflation generally right now is caused by? The war. The war. In Ukraine. Ukraine. Yeah. Yeah. And then at the same time, uh, China is not opening up the economy. So there's a problem in supply chain still, mm -hmm. which is a very big thing. Mm. So these two things. And the third thing is the underlying tone of will there be a war in future between China and Taiwan? 
Yeah. So I see that the 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 best scenario, assuming if definitely this unification will happen, is America will come to a point that they say, okay, I'm good enough to let go of Taiwan. Oh, very difficult. Then no retaliation. No. Very difficult, yeah. very difficult. But because then Taiwan, Taiwan people is so will important. be so angry that when we say this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hopefully there are no Taiwan audience. Yeah, I, I feel bad. I really feel bad for Taiwanese, man. Yeah. I feel bad for Taiwanese. Because that, that, that place is probably going to be ground zero of of that tension, you know. Yeah, wait. Like missiles flying around above your sky and all that. So bad, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's like the only way is to contain it there mm. if it really going to happen. Uh, but... But we hope we hope that we enter a new century where it's just business wars. It's not it's not uh real weapon wars, uh, right? Yeah. So hopefully it's uh it's like a few computer strokes then or you you crash each other's system, you know, at least not so bad, at least yeah. one die, you know, you just crash system many, mm. right? Uh, I mean there could be riots and whatnot, but at least it's um, not gonna go until so bad. Uh, huh? yeah. yeah, yeah. So I, I don't know why Xi Jinping is so into uniting Taiwan. Okay, so this is this is something that I used to learn when I was in uni, but that was just one semester. Lah, so probably it's too shallow to comment too much. But what happened is that uh, in international relations, there's this thing called balance of power. Uh, so after the World War II, obviously, the power, the major power is the US. And they were so, so superior that all other countries in the world cannot compete. So everyone, okay, okay lah, fine, you're the taiko, I don't want to fight with you. But throughout the year, since World War II until today, right, every economy has been developing, particularly China has grown so much to become the world number two, mm-hmm. right? And potentially, like you say, maybe five, 10 years down the road, they will be even bigger. Now, then it comes to a situation whereby the power is not balanced anymore. You have two superpowers. Then you need to rebalance that power again. So during that rebalancing, that, that, that is where a lot of conflicts will happen. Mm. Uh, so that will spur into all these world war kind of uh, events. Uh. Right, right, right. Yeah, so those are the theories that I used to learn in school, but um, hopefully we don't get into that. Yeah, sounds, sounds like what Ray Dalio is saying, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah in, his, uh, in his latest uh, book or his uh, latest video series kind mm. of thing. La. Right, yeah, the principle. Mm. Right, yeah. Now, uh, the idea is this, very simple. Moving ahead, will the market crash even further? So that is actually to the gist of the topic of tonight. Mm. Yeah. So what are your thoughts? How do you think the market is going to respond moving ahead with suddenly so much of uncertainty emerging and hyping up the market? Okay. So for one, even though we talk so much about the war, you know, the uh, Xi Jinping and whatnot, but war is not going to happen tomorrow, right? That's it, right. It's, it is just heightened uncertainty. So during these uncertain periods, the market is going to be very volatile, like, like what we see today, today US can down 3%, tomorrow down another 4%. So within 48 hours is like a 6 to 10% um, fluctuation. So if you are a very good trader and uh, this is the time your technical analysis will work very well. Uh. You, you just play with the chart. Because you see one time down 3, 5%, right? If down 5, 6 days already, right? You know for sure technical rebound will come eventually. Yep. Then you just play on those volatility. Then uh, yes, this is where you can practice your trading skills. But um, in terms of fundamental, it is very weak. It is very weak because we don't know what's going to happen going forward. Correct. So uh, if you are in for trading, then that's fine. But you have to make sure you have a very good exit strategy. Uh. You don't get stuck in those stocks and then forever stuck there. 
Mm. Yeah. yeah, so currently right now, it's very clear that it's a trader's market, right? It's a trader's market. Correct. Uh, you can just look at charts, you can play around because it's a very sentiment-driven market. Mm. So if you're a good chart reader and you know how to play the game, yeah, great. You know, I think Sujin is one of them who, who always tells about our trading, trading skills, right? Yeah. 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 Hey, I got like, I don't know how many screens. Okay, okay, we, we, not, we not reveal that stuff. <laughs> huh? Yeah. But anyway, the idea is um, uh, it's a trader's market. Now, if you are a fundamental investor, then here is where you will have to be a little bit more cautious, right? Now, certainly we can't say that you don't invest. But what we can say is as usual, right? Uh, invest batch by batch. Like uh, I think on this table here, Frankie is more of a trader to a certain extent, right? Mm. Do more short-term trade. I'm, I'm more of a long-term at this point, uh, simply because I, I actually read charts more than him, but but I got no time to observe. So I was like, after three days, I, I literally today I read a chart. After I forgot, I read a chart. Right? I'm so busy on this stuff, right? Mm. So it doesn't work very well for me. Uh, but during this time, uh, it is best that if you're a fundamental trader, you must remember you must remember very clearly that if let's say you're looking at a company that is very involved in the overall global trades, right? Especially when it comes to physical trading, you want to be a little bit more careful. Yeah, especially if it involves these few countries. Because tension can always suddenly just come in. If you find a country that uh, maybe has, let's say maybe the country is in America. However, right, most of their supply come from uh, the countries that are nearer to Ukraine or whatnot, or their, their, their business comes mostly from more communist-oriented country. Then you may want to be a little bit more careful because the politics will be your biggest fundamental challenge to see whether the country grow or not yeah because even if the country the company is doing very well as a company right but if tomorrow usa i list this few country as a red zone huh, or gone case hmm. the, the stock price won't go up even if they make 10 times the profit you know because it's it's a red zone as simple as that no one wants to be 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 involved with it if let's say something there's a war that breaks out or suddenly a, a more a more aggressive policy that takes place right you you can't exit fast enough so you want to be very very careful when you select stocks at this point you want to select stocks that 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 can provide a very clear line of supply chain that will not get affected that's the idea behind now because at this point yeah some of some of the people will say that I want to bet on recovery Right, maybe China will take a back stance. Then, then you better, then you you better pray that Xi Jinping will say something different, or either maybe something happened to him, change of mind, that kind of stuff, right? But but these are things that's totally out of control, you mm. see. Yeah, so you you want to be really really careful with this kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. It, uh, in fact, a lot of uh, multinational companies that. Uh, previously have invested heavily in China. They're actually thinking about reinvesting extra funds to elsewhere to actually diversify geographically, not just everything in China itself. Uh, so by that, of course, um, to a certain extent, Malaysia will benefit because we are very close to China geographically, but we are away from a lot of all those tension. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, of course the danger is if let's say too many companies decided to to diversify into Malaysia, then Malaysia could potentially become a hotspot as well. Oh right? yeah. <laughs> then, then, then yeah, not yeah, so good. Yeah. But having said that, talking about investment strategy before we move on to Malaysia market, because uh, this is where the next potential comes in, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, let's just talk a little bit about the strategy that you should actually employ during this time. The first rule is this very simple, right? Uh, it is okay, cut loss. You must remember this. 
Now, uh, let me just share with you a very simple example, right? Uh, I've had a friend who actually invested in a China property bond, right? I shall not name the person, right? Uh, if the person is watching right now, I'm so sorry that I'm using a story. Don't feel sad, right? Uh, actually, when he told me about that at the time, I, I actually shared with him that like he told me he was making some losses already. So I was telling him that, no, maybe you should consider cutting some, moving it away because this, this, this whole China situation is not something you can predict already. Right, you you really don't know what's going to go on already. So, but it's 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 really hard to cut loss. All of us investors know that. You know, cutting loss is it means you're gonna acknowledge that you're wrong. You know, it, it it's just not easy, and you have that hope that you will be able to recover. You know, and true enough, in just two months' time, it it went even further down, and he was forced to 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 cut eventually, but with a greater loss. Now, my point is this. You, you need to start taking on this stance that it is okay. It is okay to make certain wrong decisions because it's really not your fault. It, I mean, it was Xi Jinping's fault. <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, Putin's fault, you know? Yeah, it's not your fault, bro, you know? So mm -hmm. it's okay, it's okay. And money can make back one, don't worry. It's better because you're investing on the long term. So you are not a trader, you know? So what you want is control not maximum profit. Now, let me share with you a very simple lesson, right? Because he's a trader, more of a, a very follow-up with the market, he's a trader, and I'm more of a long-term investor. So one of the mistakes that I constantly make sometimes uh, is when he tells me his strategy and I just follow some of it and I lose. The reason being is because he already got a whole set of game at the back. Like he was only telling me the highlight and definitely I don't agree with the whole set. It's not my style but I just followed that one part and he already got a plan B. I don't have a plan B. And what happened is that I got stuck in that particular thing because that's not my style of investing. So don't listen to people. Don't <laughs> even listen to us, man. Yeah, yeah. Man. yeah. Just follow your own strategy. Be an intelligent investor. If your strategy is that, go for that and it's okay. Don't, don't let emotions control you, you know? Don't like, we all talk a bit then you hype up already, you go and throw in your money, you know? Like if you think that during this time you're not going to touch stock, then don't bother even when we say it's a good time to start shopping a bit, right? Don't, don't bother. Don't get affected, yeah? It's a formula for failure if you actually follow that, right? Now, however, if you are an active trader, then there's a lot of opportunity. Uh, so, Frankie, you have hey. been doing a lot of active tradings, right? Mm. Yeah. So, what are some of the opportunities that you see? And how do you identify some opportunity during this uh, crazy period? Uh, I think on and off, I tend to share with you guys as well. Uh. So, uh, Palantir is still something that I still hold because my cost was very, very low. It's uh, slightly more than seven bucks. And right now, even though market crash and all that, it is still at eight bucks. So, it's, that one is fine. Uh, but the one that I, that I got burn a little bit is uh, Meta, right? Meta. Uh, oh, yeah. But, but um, that one is fine because uh, I put it into liquidity mining because it is not real stock. It is a crypto stock. So I can use my meta to liquid mine and get some dividends out of it. So that dividend sort of like cover a little bit. So that's fine. But uh, on the side, I'm also doing some of the more um, fancy kind of trading, like those sophisticated strategy that, that I, maybe it is not yeah, the right yeah. place to share. Yeah. Uh, but this is generally my strategy to actually help to cushion this uncertainty period because while I may lose some money here, but this strategy here is working to actually fill up the losses that I'm making over here. Mm. So for me, that's that's my 
strategy for yeah. now. So you have to understand that for Frankie's strategy, right? Literally, he's on the market all the time. Huh? He's really watching the market very, very regularly. Okay, I mean, no, no. This is this is something that I want to say now. E- even if you don't trade, even if you're not an investor, even if you have no interest at all in the financial market, uh, I think it is a good practice to actually keep that um, maybe trading, trading wheel or whatnot. One, any kind of chart to be there. Because it is just like hospital, you put that monitor on the patient and then the thing go tit, 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 right there, right? It, it helps you to monitor the situation of a particular subject that you want to monitor. So for example, I have all the screens on all the time. So it is just like the monitor in the hospital for the patient. Lah. So if like something suddenly goes haywire, then immediately it triggers me to find out what happened. So that's why sometimes people ask me, hey, how come you so fast know already? Uh? It's, it's because I saw those signals which are irregular. Then I go and find out, oh, actually this is what happened. So that, that's why the market or whatever react yeah. to a particular But pattern. you also have to understand that not everyone can have, the, can have the luxury of opening up their screen all the time with a trading screen. No right? need, you can just hide it behind whatever you do. And then when you feel tired, you just want to rest and just switch screen oh, yeah. already and see what happened. Down. And then I, you just switch it back. <laughs> <la>. <laughs> I mean, imagine if you're a programmer, you're programming there for half an hour or one hour, two mm-hmm. hours, right? You're in the zone already. You won't be looking at the screen, right? You st- probably you still need to go to the toilet. Just 10, 30 seconds before you go to the toilet, just look, take a look at the screen. Oh, okay. This is what's okay. happening. In, in my opinion, it, it should be to each of his own. Uh, I, I look at the, the market in the morning before I start work a little bit and then probably at the end of the day. That, but that's about it, you know. Yeah. I, I don't keep looking at the screen all the time, but he does that. Uh, but do understand that he comes from an investment banking background. Mm-hmm. So he was trained to do that from the very, very beginning. Now, some of you are not. So I want to say this one thing. If you can't even do this thing, right? Don't be a trader. Simple as that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're like me at that. You can't be a trader one. Yeah. So I got my zone one. Like, like if this period I want to trade, right? It means I'm very free. I'm going to dedicate that two days or one week to trade. Then I'm going to be always on my screen. Yeah. Now, to be like him, you better have that kind of thing. La. So so my, my, my advice to you guys out there is this. If you can't even do this basic, please don't trade during this time. Hmm. Please don't. Please don't. Right? Uh, do, you, do, you, do you think that's the case? Uh, yes, correct. Yeah. So if I can't open it all the time, right? Better don't, right? Correct. If I can only look at one week once, right? Better don't trade, right? Better don't trade. Yeah, just because like you say just now, because you like like when you want to go into trade, you, you need to find time, sit down, focus, and look at it. But how can you make a good decision within 10-15 minutes compared to a person which is constantly on the screen, right? That's it right. is very difficult. But speaking of all this strategy, investment strategy and whatnot, I think we are coming up with a personal finance strategy the whole month from November oh, to December. Maybe wow. you want to talk like about that. I plug now. Uh, <laughs> see, you plug, I also can plug. Okay. So, uh, let's just give a quick plug. Uh, this coming month in, uh, not this coming, it's this month, This right? month yeah, itself. This month itself. Yeah. November and December, we are having a financial literacy month. Yeah. yeah. And it's going to be a series of workshops. Uh, on 12th November, 26th of November and 3rd of December, we will be having a series of online financial workshop. And this workshop will be sharing with you guys how to build a cash machine, uh, how to manage your debts, right? And finally, also how to save. Then on the 10th of December, Saturday morning, right? 10.30 to 4.30, we will be having a full day 
first ever physical workshop. Yes, we have never done a physical workshop before. So this is the first time that we are going to be doing a physical workshop with you guys. So you're going to get to see us face to face, meet and greet. And on that day, there will be some food truck, you know, uh, there will be different people. You get to meet some new friends. And more importantly as well, every single one of our workshop that you join, you stand a chance to win an Apple product, okay? You may be winning a iWatch, you may be winning a iPhone Pro, you know, like a whatever, whatever I, right? Mm. Yeah, so you will stand a chance to win those. And the best part is this, it is 100% free. You don't have to pay a single dollar coming to this event. This is thanks to our partners, yeah, uh, our biggest partners are Prudential, Prudential. and also uh, BBCC, BBCC, yeah, Eco World, right? So thanks to them, you guys don't need to pay, right? So, <laughs> so but, uh, maybe maybe you also want to share with them like why should they come to this uh, webinar and seminar? Like, what do they get out of it? Okay, yeah. So why should you come for this webinar and seminar? Okay, every year, right? We do our financial plan. Am I right? Yeah. Whenever you do a financial plan, there's this problem. It's very hard to follow through. Now, there's a few reasons behind it. Number one is definitely because you don't have enough knowledge about products on how to make it up together to make your plan. Number two, you don't have a clear idea because you don't have an idea of what kind of product to use, how to actually make use of it properly. You end up don't have a very clear picture of what you need to do to either get out of a financial situation or achieve a financial goal, right? So this time around, what we are doing is that in that online series, we are going to share with you some fundamentals and on the physical workshop day itself, we'll be sharing with you how to put together all this knowledge to create a financial action plan. Mm. Now, some of you have actually heard that if you actually hire a financial planner uh, for like 3,000 ringgit or 5,000 ringgit a year, sometimes even depending on what he want to charge you or she want to charge you, they make up this particular plan for you, right? Uh, the idea is I want to teach you how to build that yourself. Yeah, I want to teach you how to build that yourself and I'm going to remove all the fluff that, that like that is very, very complicated that like, for example, your liquidity ratio, come on, you don't really need to know that. I mean, you need to know that, but it's going to be confusing. So we're going to translate all those things to a more normal human language and help you to plan for yourself regularly. Because the truth is, yes, you need some advice, you need some guidance, but sometimes you may not be in that situation financially available to do that. That's number one. Number two, the truth is the best planner is you. And when you understand all this, it is easier for you to work with a financial planner in future as well when you're ready to work with one. Yeah, so do come and join us. Um, scan the QR there to register or click the link that is in the uh, comments there. So thank you very much. Enough for our plug. Let us go back into our topic for today. Yep. Now, yeah, by the way, if you guys have already signed up, please type one in the comment. Please type one in the comment for us. <laughs> yeah, just uh, just one comment on that is that uh, even I I thought that I was pretty financially literate, but after I saw your outline, the course outline for the webinar, it actually gave me a, a different perspective about money. Like, oh, okay, so yeah, you maybe you can see money in You sure? In, like, in you're trying to make way. me happy or... No, 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 really, 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 <laughs> really. It was, uh, the outline was very interactive. So I was like, oh yeah, this one probably uh, can motivate a lot of people to actually oh, save, see, save up and, <laughs> and yeah, use their money more, more wisely. Yeah, yeah. So so the idea is that uh, being, uh, being the advantage, the advantage of being, in my experience of being a financial planning field is that we, we tend to be a jack of all trades. Uh -huh. Yeah, we, we tend to have a great, a big overview of everything. Uh, but, but yeah, 
I mean, sometimes if not, like for Frankie, it's, it's very stock, stock oriented. Mm. But so he probably just need a nudge or here and there, then he'll be fine, right? Uh, I think there was one time also we discussed about insurance and stuff like that, right? Mm. Yeah, but anyway, that's besides the point. Uh, I hope I get to see you guys there. And do remember for the physical event, it's a limited seat only, all right? So please do sign on for the online, the online uh, workshops first, yeah? So that you- Because can, it's a series. Yes. Yeah. And people who are on our online workshop will get, uh, I think, a special link to actually sign up for the for the physical workshop as well because we'll give priority to those who are in the online workshop. Mm. Yeah, that, that's the point there. Okay? Now, okay, if you all like this and you all think there's a good one, we'll probably do more in future as well. Yeah, trying to make it a bigger event. Uh, but yeah, right now during COVID, still COVID period, we try to minimize the number for physical. Uh, yeah. So, Anyway, that's about it. Uh, let's go back to the question of the market may crash further, right? And so since we talked about the global market may crash even further and currently there's a lot of uncertainty, but you also mentioned one thing. This could be beneficial for Malaysia because as people are trying to shift their money out from the bigger part of Asia, which is China, when last time everyone referred to investing in Asia actually literally means China, mm. right? Now they are forced to diversify out of China, mm. right? So why do you think that this will actually be highly beneficial for Malaysia? Uh, actually, it's not just highly beneficial to Malaysia. It's also highly beneficial to Indonesia, to Thailand, Vietnam, Cambodia, you name it. This region, uh, the whole Southeast region is going to be a very big beneficiary uh, simply because uh, we are at the very strategic trade route between the East and the West. I think everybody knows that when we learn geography. Uh, it, is, it is also because... Uh, uh, and, and Malaysia in particular, because we can speak English, we can also speak Mandarin. So we're kind of like the mediator for, for the East and the West as well. So uh, to that certain extent. So uh, I think Tengku Zafro also mentioned that uh, during this entire 2022 period, we have actually recorded quite a good FDI already uh, for the whole 2022. Uh, so hopefully all this FDI will materialize because those are just commitment. So until you really commit then it is still like, uh, okay, like MOU or whatever. Mm -hmm. So hopefully it can materialize. Once that is materialized, then it will actually help to create a lot of job opportunities. Um, it can help to bring up um, profitability of Malaysian businesses. And then from there, we can actually have better Forex rates, uh, you know, and then that blah, da, 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 da. Then hopefully Malaysia can become a lot stronger amid all this global uncertainty that is happening out there. Yeah, yeah. So I think from that's that, for one. So from that perspective, right, I believe, well, this is my personal opinion, but I believe a lot of foreign funds may eventually uh, spill over into the Malaysian market for safe haven purposes or for opportunistic purposes. That one, I don't know. But because of that uh, fundamental uh, situation, I think that is going to happen to a certain extent. Mm. I think that it's really interesting. Uh, definitely if we say that like immediately will there be a change in our stock market, I don't think immediately it will like... It's a gradual you know, structural uh, change. Yeah, uh. I think it's going to be a gradual structural change because mm. what will happen is just like what Frankie was saying, right? Uh, FDI is actually increasing, right? And it's really interesting. You see, no matter how badly we are doing, right, as a country... It, it will mean something. Uh, it really means something, right? When you have such political uncertainty and people are committing to say that I want to come and invest in your country, you know? Usually they avoid one mm. during this kind of period. But why are they coming in? 
it means uh, that it's going beyond your government. It's world factor that's pushing them in. And it's true because Malaysia has always been a technological hub, right? Thanks to Penang. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we have all these great tech, la, uh, all these different, different kind of thing. La, and now we are, we are doing very well. We are relatively politically stable. Uh, we, we have the experience and knowledge in doing tech stuff. Uh, we are not as expensive as Singapore. We got this place to expand. If let's say you're looking at manufacturing, yeah, um, we have more knowledgeable people even compared to Indonesia, right? So as long as it doesn't go too wrong, we are actually a very good choice. And if you actually look at it as the kind of companies that are coming into Malaysia is slowly climbing up the value chain, you know. Mm. It is not just like, Jekai manufacturing done deal already, you know, it's slowly climbing up. Although just very marginal, lah, huh? not like not like uh Singapore and that straight away is the main hub, right? But marginal enough, marginal enough, right? Uh because I understand that for them, there's still that option to actually put the main three biggest designer put in Singapore and then manufacturing here. Mm. But either way, when it's in Singapore, right? And then come here, right? It's also okay. Because many of the people doing business in Singapore are actually Malaysian. Mm. So the knowledge transfer will still happen. So it's not that far until it won't happen. It will still happen, right? So that's one good thing. Now, however, in Malaysia do better, then definitely they may say, hey, we just might as well move over, lah, right? Uh, then that would be the like, what? Yeah. Sui, sui, you know, chante. Yeah. yeah. So, so if imagine our political situation is so stable and then, you know, the policy structure is so welcoming all these foreign investors to come, right? Then we will be even better. Correct. Then so, by then, right, you think about it, we'll have even more, uh, now, for one, the public listed companies who are involved in those sectors will benefit greatly. Mm-hmm. More business for them. That's number one. Number two is there'll be more new companies coming up. So suddenly, uh, we will become the new Silicon Valley, at least for the hardware side, uh, not the software side, uh, right? At least for the hardware side, will be the new Silicon Valley. But as as heavier as heavier things or like uh, the bigger portion of the hardware things start coming up from Malaysia, then if we have the people and the skill set to build the software to support it, then maybe software will also come in. This is a natural thing because when you when you are so good in hardware already, right? it's natural for you to also want to be involved in the That's software right. because the margin is a lot better also. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So potentially in the next five years or 10 years, if all this happen, you will see a lot of excitement in the Malaysia market. Hmm. Yeah. And one more thing though, uh, before we move into Q&A, there's some questions there. Uh, there's a particular company that we want to talk a little bit about, right? Samaiden, right? Mm. Because they recently just put up a notice on the star, right? And their own corporate notice, lah, right? Saying that they have plans to actually move on to the main board. Yeah. So Frankie, you want to talk a little bit about this company? Uh, actually, I don't follow them so much. So, uh, but then, you know, given that um, it is a renewable energy company, they're doing solar and Malaysia has signed this Paris agreement whereby by 2025, you know, our carbon emission should be at certain level. So the government, no matter who becomes the government after November 19, there's actually a motivation to push for uh, higher ESG um, ESG investing. Yeah, yeah. yeah, ESG investing. So you have uh, all this uh, solar initiative and whatnot. So it is actually good for this kind of industry business. So given that they are moving into the main board means that a lot more institutional investors can have the uh, ability to at least take a look at them because a lot of all these institutional funds, their mandate don't allow them to actually invest in ACE market or lead market. 
they can only look at the main market. So when Surminder now moves into the main market, so it's like giving them one more option to choose what to invest in. So mm. it can potentially draw a lot of funds to themselves. Yep. So uh, the idea is that it's very simple. Uh, let's not talk about the fundamentals, uh, some identifiers. Uh, yeah. yeah, that one we'll talk about it another day. But generally, there are uh, ESG-oriented company, green company uh, doing solar, right? Yeah. Um, now, we know one thing for sure is that there's not many options for ESG companies already. That's for one. And, and there is a huge mandate to invest in enough of ESG companies. Mm. Now, and there's a lot of funds who got the limit on investing in ACE market. And so just by going up into the main board, if they are a good company, it becomes a very viable option. Yeah, it mm. is kind of like, the idea is very simple. Your mother asks you to go buy bread in Giant. Must be Giant. You cannot go anywhere else but Giant. And in Giant only got two brands of bread. Suddenly now got the third brand come in. Mm. <coughs> That's all, simple okay. as that. Whatever, <laughs> whatever you just mentioned just now, uh, in layman terms, uh, it will probably be, be known as no understanding the DNA of the Malaysian market. That's right. So uh, these kind of things, uh, sometimes we do it in our um, stock investing bootcamp, but we are still planning, see when got time, like we are so busy these yeah. days. But... Uh, yeah, so if, if there's enough demand, then one day maybe we can actually cover out some of the time. Then we can talk a lot more about all these kind of DNA issues, uh, uh, fundamental research. Maybe and you can do this, right? If you guys think that we should be doing more regular stock investing bootcamp or stock-related educational, um, maybe you all can write down in the comment there, just write stocks for us or either investing. Uh, then what we will do is that we will, we will try to plan out a more uh, more concrete schedule for next year, like mm. like regular kind of thing, lah. Then we can, yeah, cause uh, yeah, stockpile. Long time never do stockpiles already. If we don't plan, then it will never come out, lah. Yeah. So if you think that that's a good thing, just write stocks for us in the comment there, so we can get a sense, you know, a pulse of where you're looking at. Okay. Uh, anyway. So that's the idea behind the summit. Then maybe one day we'll actually do a stockpile on it or something like mm. that. Uh, yeah, probably we'll do something like that. But generally, that's the general idea that we want to talk about tonight. Um, there's a lot of potential in the Malaysian market moving ahead. But the key thing is either you are a trader, yeah, or either you are an investor that is patient and intelligent. <laughs> mm. Yeah, uh, if you are patient and you're intelligent, you will be able to make money over long term. Uh, but if not, I, I, I'm a little bit worried for you, right? Yeah, so don't rush into things. Be very careful. Yeah, market may or may not crash even further. But the point that we want to carry to you guys is the market is very uncertain. Globally and locally. Yeah, uh, but the good thing is hopefully after general election, things are going to be good. Hopefully Malaysia achieves certain political stability if we can achieve that, I think Malaysia can fly. No, to a certain extent, you guys can determine the certainty on the 19th of November. Oh, yes. So please go out and vote on the 19th please of November. Please go out and vote. Yeah, please go and vote. I don't care who you're going to vote for. Please go out and vote because do you know that there are many constituents, there are many MPs who actually win not by like landslide. They are winning by like 45 vote, 100 vote, 1,000 vote. So just because of you, one fella, decided to sit at home and say, my vote don't matter, 
everything changed. Yeah. Mm. So I know, I, I know I've been, uh, certain people actually texted me and say like, Peter, you shouldn't force people to go out and vote. Number one, I cannot force you. I'm, it's just a social media message. Huh? Uh, but number two, they say that I shouldn't uh, interfere and let people decide themselves. But this is my opinion. Just like you shouldn't, I shouldn't, you think that I shouldn't interfere with people's decision. You shouldn't interfere in me spreading the message. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'll be very brutally honest. You may Fair not like enough. it. You know, it's, it's called freedom of yeah, speech, yeah, yeah. right? Correct, it's correct, freedom correct. of speech. How is it freedom of speech if you can have your opinion and I can't have my opinion, mm, right? Correct. Yeah, so I'm so sorry because my platform is slightly bigger so my voice is louder. Lah. Yeah. <laughs> but if you want it to be louder and tell people don't go vote, then maybe you build up a bigger platform and shout out don't go vote, okay? Yeah, it's up to you. Uh, now, definitely the person who actually spoke to me is not that he want people don't go vote. He just thinks that maybe I'm too aggressive. Mm. Yeah, but... But I'm also trying to just tell you guys, you know. Uh, no, we're, we're just doing a community yeah, message, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah we, we we care enough for Malaysia. D- let me just share with you a very, very simple example before we go into Q&A, right? While I actually, while we wait for you to type in answer, I'll just share this one last part. Uh, yesterday, I went to the gym, you know, uh, and someone actually approached me and said, hey, Mr. Mani, uh, thank you very much for making videos. Uh, but I want to share with you one thing, right? Is that his friend who actually... Uh, recently just got a job in Singapore, right? And he said this one thing that his friend told him that he actually goes to Singapore because he watched my video saying the comparison between Malaysia and Singapore, right? And he watched our video on that and, and that that eventually helped him to, to make a concrete decision and say he's going to move to Singapore. And that's what he did. Now, he, he thanked me for it. But in my mind, I felt good, but it was a very mixed feeling. Yeah. Uh, and I told him that like, I don't know how to feel because to a certain extent, I'm very glad that you made a decision and that's my job to actually just tell you all the information and you make the decision yourself, right? But on the other hand, I feel bad for Malaysia because Malaysia need more talent to stay here. Malaysia need more talent to stay here. And and I think tonight or tomorrow, we are going to come out with a new video. Uh, it's an interview with Tony Poa, mm. right? Yeah, we spoke <clears throat> about the situation of uh, politics in Malaysia. Thank you very much for you guys' support for the Saksadik video as well. It went uh, very well, right? Uh, we hope uh, for the Tony Poa video, it, it was a very, very solid video as well, right? We talked about these kind of issues and so on. And yeah, do go ahead and check it out when it's out uh, either tonight or tomorrow. Yeah, uh, put a note click the notification button, you know, so that when the new video comes up, you immediately get an update, you know, and share out that video if you can, because I think Malaysians, you know, now it's not about voting opposition or not. I'll tell you upfront, our channel is neutral. That's why you see, we interview Tanku Safro as well. We mm. interview Said uh, Sadik as well. I don't care. I just want to talk to smart people. Yeah, and the truth is just like what Tony Pa actually said, they are idiots in uh, opposition. Both side of the fence. Yeah, both yeah. side of the fence, they are idiots. And both side of the fence, they are smart people. We know that, right? Yeah, so uh, make a good judgment, go out and vote. Please don't waste that vote away. Yeah, because money is already spent on budgeting you going to vote. If you don't vote, the money is wasted. Yeah, and, and that that vote is going to determine the next five years of our country, hmm. which if it is good, will help us to catch up 10 years. But if it is a bad one, it will bring us down another 20 years. Hmm. Yeah, so please go out and vote, right? Now, so... Uh, that's all about it, right? Yep. Let's, Let's go into a time of Q&A. Q&A. <clears throat> okay, first question. 
Can you share your thoughts on Meta? Oh, I think this is a very good one. Yeah. Ah, uh, okay. Uh, yeah. So we we in fact we also have we this were just discussion. Talking about yeah, it we, lunch. we had this discussion. So I think because Meta is so big, right? They have used their trump card. So if you actually go and find the news, right? There, there, the Secretary of Communication. So it's it's sort of like our Ministry of uh, uh, Multimedia and Communication also, lah. So. They are thinking, they are thinking only, uh, there's no action yet. They are thinking to ban TikTok in, uh, where? US. Yes, they are thinking to ban TikTok in the US. So immediately, if you track that news and share price of Meta for that day, just see the difference. And if they really take action and draft some legislation, pass some bills on on how foreign social media can operate in the US, right? I think that is going to be a very big catalyst for Meta to actually turn around. Yeah, so, but of course, those are just speculations and market talk and rumor and just for me to shock Sandiri. But um, that is something that I am going to follow up myself to see what is the development in the US policy. So for, for me, my opinion on uh, on Meta is this, right? Uh, so I've been following Meta for a while. I, I'm, I'm, I'm invested in Meta as well, uh, same as mm. uh, Frankie. Um, I think originally Meta was a very fundamentally strong, strong company in my opinion, right? Uh, and true, no matter how slow they are, they will still grow, you know? Like previously the growth is amazing. Now it's just going to slow down a bit. But their slow down growth is still good growth, you know? Yeah. Put now, it this way. Even though they slow down, they are still going to be a very significant player in the market. Yes. And, yeah. and they are already the largest. If you talk about social media, right? I mean, honestly, it's only Facebook, Instagram, right? Mm. Yeah, other than TikTok. So what else you want some more? WhatsApp also theirs, you know, mm. some more their punya. So Mema is going to be daddy. Now, to, to, for them to die, uh, it's going to take a long time. Lah, put it mm. this way. For them to die, it's going to take a long time. However, there's this problem that recently that made me feel that they just went from a stable company to a high-risk company. The cash. <laughs> yeah, cash is number one. They are, their cash just went down. I think... If I never, if I did not read wrongly, about ninety percent of their cash is being spent already. It's still a lot of money left, but the interesting thing part is Mark Zuckerberg himself. Mm. Now, uh, the idea that he is so focused on building the meta metaverse, the whole thing, that it seems like he's ignoring a lot of. Uh, Naysayers. Yeah, naysayers and, and, and reality checks, mm. right? He's like literally annoying. He's like, my way is the right way. My way is the right way. That's all. It, now, this is good and it's bad. Think about it. When when um, when um Steve Jobs say that, oh, we're going to revamp things. We're going to make a smartphone that can be like that. Everyone think that you're crazy or so what? Right? But when you're successful, everyone praise you for your genius. But when you fail, everyone laugh at you. Lah. That's, that's how the world works, right? Now, and that's the situation that he's in right now. The world is laughing at him. But he said that, no, I don't care. I'm going to stick it up you. I'm going to stick a <laughs> finger at you and tell you that next year I'm going to lose even more. No, That's what literally he did. When, when, when Wall Street said, what are you going to do? He said, no, I'm going to lose even more. I'm going to continue. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. It's either you really know something that we don't or either you are delusional. No. Uh, on the other hand, there is also this big question. Okay, when you... Last week, my comment wasn't so scared, lah, honestly. This week, I'm a bit scared because when I saw Instagram down, mm. that yeah. scared me. 
Instagram is a very big business, you know. For last week, uh, or the past few days, uh, not last week, the past few days, I couldn't post stories. Few days. Few days, you know. What well, are you, you doing? I think, I, think, I think Instagram in many countries also face the same problem. Correct, right? It's, yeah. it's a big business. Correct. Are you literally abandoning all this cash cow just <laughs> to pursue meta? That, 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 that gave me goosebumps, you know. Because if let's say you're protecting all this and you're playing with meta, right? The worst is you lose your money, you earn back. If you're abandoning all this, uh, what happened is uh, you are giving other companies the opportunity to gain grounds on the market share that you gain. Mm. It's not like I'm building new place and I protect my base, you know. It is I abandon my castle and go and fight a war, you know. Hey, that's a huge problem. Now, I do not know whether if that is the case. Mm. But it certainly as a user, it scares me. Yeah, so because of that, it suddenly turned into a high-risk game for me. Mm. Yeah, honestly, suddenly it just turned into a high-risk game for me. So it, at first I was thinking, I want to slowly plow a bit more. Now, no man, no thanks. Mm. No thanks. I'm, I'm a bit worried. I'm literally a bit worried. So it's okay, my small amount there, if you go and become a hero, when I see the signs of it, I'm going to add more. It's okay to earn less. Yeah, at least I'm safe because my style is long-term. So that's, that's how I think about it. Yeah. Yes, you're right. If Meta is successful, you change the internet. And just like I say, it's a high-risk game. So if you want, yeah, go ahead, man. Yeah. Uh, like I say, I have some portion in it. Yeah. So what else is uh, some question? Mm, so World of Gangnam asks, is it possible for the US Fed to raise the basis point next time despite the 75 basis point raised today? Uh, yeah. Uh, in fact, if you follow their plan, there's going to be another rate hike until it, it, it reaches 4.6%. But the tone of the Fed yesterday is that um, it could potentially go higher than 46 So that causes the market downturn uh, these few days and probably later as well. So Ryan asked me if I bought the offices because uh, I did a video with Sean Tan in Lalapot, right? Did I buy the office? Uh, no, I did not. Yeah, I am... Uh, I am my 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 financial situation doesn't allow me to buy such a nice place. Lah. I'll just be upfront. <laughs> <laughs> and nonetheless, uh, if I were to buy anything, I will buy retail shops at this point. Yeah, I will buy retail shops, not offices. That that's for me, right? Uh, what about collecting China equity right now? Their valuation are way more attractive than US equity. Ah, Frankie got a lot of things to say about this one. Then. Uh, well, the message is still the same because uh, it, uh, it is ultimately a communist market. So you don't know what they want to do with the stock market. Yes, valuation could be cheap, but we always say sometimes things are cheap for a reason. And those discounts are probably a communist discount, right? The, those are the discounts whereby you don't know what they may come out in terms of policy to actually derail those companies. I mean, you just look at all those big China giants like TD, the the China version of Uber, they can just they can just tear the whole company apart, like literally like that, just because they don't follow uh, China's policy to not go listing in the US, you know, things like that. So yeah, you have to be very careful with uh, these kind of things. Mm. Yeah, I think it's kind of like the idea that if you invest in something that you cannot get out, mm. it doesn't matter how good that company is. Uh, you Because as an investor, your goal is to exit. 
Now, unless you are a dividend investor and they pay very good dividend regardless mm. and you plan to hold it over a long term, then yeah, perhaps it's a good deal, you know? Yeah, if they regularly give good dividend. Yeah, but do remember to a certain extent, I think dividend may work because in the China environment, many of their stocks are actually owned by the Communist Party itself, yeah. right? So, and, and that's where they depend their income on. So yeah. they are forced to declare dividend. It's kind of like owning Petronas to a certain extent, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So if, if you're a dividend investor and you plan to hold the stock over long term without exiting, you don't mind bearing the paper loss on you know, yeah, your capital. It, it, it could be a good choice. It could be a good choice. Never know. Yeah. So, one more is, uh, but currently, the market condition makes it, ah, but currently, the market condition make investing into stocks so risky now with DXY steadily climbing back to ATH. Uh, I don't really understand that question. What is DXY climbing? I know ATH is all time high. DXY is what? I also don't know what's DXY. Yeah, maybe you want to ask, yeah, like clarify that. But anyway, what do you think about commodity and palm oil and steel futures up? Uh, Will they stay up or go down? Well, the the world inflation is still up. So generally speaking, all these commodities will still go up um, until a point whereby at least the energy prices can can uh, be stable a little bit so that the whole world can adjust to the new cost, then maybe that, that will give some hope to actually bring down those uh, prices. But having said that, uh, Malaysia is very interesting because in Sarawak, we have very cheap electricity thanks to the Bakun Dam uh, hydropower thing. So because of that uh, Bakun Dam hydropower plant, right, the electricity that is generated from that uh, plant itself is one of the world's cheapest electricity that you can find. And all these smelting companies, all these heavy industries, they like to set up their factories in Sarawak because of that factor. So if you can identify those um, companies, um, especially those listed ones that has operation in Sarawak, those companies will have a much better margin compared to other smelting companies that let's say is operating in China or the US or any other parts of the world. So hopefully that's one hint for you guys. Mm. Oh, okay. Uh, we learned something new. DXY actually means uh, the US currency index. Oh. I didn't know it's called DXY. Yeah. Oh, wow. You're so knowledgeable. Mm. Yeah. Thank you very much. Anyway, uh, so basically that the question is with USD going so high, steadily coming up to all time, it's actually pretty risky to invest in the US stock market, right? That's his concept there. Mm. What do you think about this? Uh, true, because things cannot stay high forever. Whatever goes up must come down. So they have been up so high already. So um, yeah, your cost will be very high because you will be buying yep. a, a US dollar with 470 over or potentially 480 compared to people who actually bought it long, long time ago, 380 or $4. Mm. So you have to evaluate yourself whether it's worth that risk of that 20, 30% differences in terms of Forex only to capture that, that cheap valuation on stocks. So you have to evaluate that. Mm. So, but if let's say you already got USD, then it doesn't really make much of a difference, you know? Mm. Yeah, that's that's my opinion. Um, but however, if let's say USD falls down again, then the question is the bond market gets affected even more. La. In fact, actually, if USD were to go down, let's say assuming right now you already got 10,000 or 100 million USD, right? Uh, I think it's actually a pretty good position because if let's say 
even if let's say USD goes down, right? It's actually a good thing for their business because now their their businesses right. are suffering because USD is going mm. so high, right? So probably the stock market will get boost some more. Mm. Yeah, you actually, never know. Yeah, actually, I know of people who hold very high proportion of US dollar. They are slowly actually converting their US dollar into euro and pounds yep. Yep. because yep. they are very very cheap. Yep. Yeah, I think it's actually a a, a pretty you know yeah yeah pretty sensible advice to start mm. converting. You know, don't don't. Don't get too greedy. Keep thinking that you'll keep going up. Uh, that gives a signal that they will continue increasing. Uh, but yeah, just don't be too greedy. Lah. Yeah. You know, like what Yongsek always tell me, or Frankie always say, right? Uh, money can always earn back one. Mm. Yeah, don't need to earn everything. Money yeah. is abundant. You will never earn all yeah, the money right, in the right, world. That's <laughs> right. You don't need to earn every single thing. Man. It's okay to lose a bit. It's okay to not make that extra 5%, you know? Yeah, just chill. It's okay. You live to see tomorrow. Yeah. Ryan, thank you very much for our the for promoting Sean's video uh, about my financial advice with his video. Yeah, yeah, go and check out Sean Sean Tan's uh Ehung's video. I know Ehung watches this podcast. The other day Ehung told us about this. Yeah, actually he, he listens to the podcast on every Monday. Yeah, so thank you very much, Ehung, for listening. Uh by the way, for those of you who are interested in buying a property, you want to check out and learn all about property, go and check out Ehung, right? Uh Sean Tan, yeah, a uh, very good friend of ours. Yeah, amazing stuff that he has there. Um I can never do a property review like him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's an architect, la. How can you that's right, how can that's you right, overpower yeah. him, right? Amazing fella, amazing fella. So go and check out Ian's video, right? Yeah, we have the link there in the comment already. Yeah, so you can just go and click it as well. Now, um lastly, just one more last question. Why not, Frankie? You pick one last question. There are quite many questions here. You pick one la, and then answer that. Uh let's go with Penny's question. OPR hike, but bank stocks went down. What is your take? Oh, very good question. Uh, okay. So uh yes, OPR rate hike. Um it means that um the banks are going to charge higher interest rate. So potentially uh they are going to make more money from the loans that we all have. Yes, that is given. But it also means that fewer people will be eligible to uh to take uh, loans. to take loans which means the loans growth for the banks is going to come down. So you have to find a balance between what is the sweet spot for the interest rate so that you can have the most optimal people go and apply for loans. So maybe the market thinks that right now under this new uh, rate, which is 2.75% and potentially it could go to 3%, it's already at the max. If it continues to go higher and BNM probably need to react to the US if US keeps increasing, it will come to a situation whereby even more people are not eligible to apply for loans. Then that will become a, a very big squeeze to the bank. So on one hand, yes, you can squeeze more money from us who have existing loans, but more importantly, there will be less loans growth for the banks, which means to say the bank's profitability for the next 10, 20 years will be affected. This is a long-term of uh, impact to the banks. So yeah, maybe, maybe that is the reason why the banking stock starts to come down. The other argument is also because banks have already enjoyed quite a good gains in this one or two months. And given the current market uncertainties and banks is always the proxy to the country's economy. If the country's economy is uncertain, banks always get hit first. That's right. That's right. So that's the reason why uh, I wish we should say that's the reason why. Uh, that's yeah. a possible reason why yeah, that things are not very good to a certain extent, right? Um, let's see. 
Okay. Oh, we already said that that was the last question, right? Mm. Uh, nonetheless, thank you very much, everyone, for joining us. Now, before we go, I just want to once again put it out there that this month in November and December, we will be running a series of workshops. And the best part of it is it is free, all right? Thanks to our sponsor, which is Prudential and BBCC Lalapot Ecover, right? Um, we'll be having three online workshops on 12th of November, 26th of November and 3rd of December where we will share with you how you can manage your debt well, what are some of the tools in the market that you can use for investing, how to build a reliable cash generating machine for yourself and also how to save effectively dealing more towards with habits and what are some tips and tricks to save more money. And finally, on the 10th of December, we will be doing a live uh, physical workshop our first ever physical workshop uh, do come and join us there there'll be food trucks there will be lucky draw all sorts of stuff right and you get to meet us there face to face and we'll help you to put all this knowledge together and build it into an actionable financial plan so do go and share out the good news get people to join come and join us and on that day when it is a uh, what do you call that? The physical event itself? Uh, there's limited seats. So don't only join the online, the physical one. Go and join the online one because we'll give priority to those who come for the online one. Mm. Yeah. And yeah, hopefully I get to meet you guys there, man. Because all this while we've been seeing you just as a little hit photo or a initial, right? right. So <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So looking forward to see you guys there. Yeah. Right. So uh, come and join us. So take care. Thank you very much. See you next week.